0: So over the past few weeks, in our Gospel readings from Matthew, we've seen Jesus really hitting his stride, curing many people, miraculously feeding thousands, putting pesky Pharisees in their place. And it seems the pressure of the religious leaders constantly trying to trip him up has led to the need to get away, take a break, and yes, let the controversy cool down a bit. Avoid, for now, his eventual arrest and execution. There's an interesting symbolism in today's gospel um, found in the venue. They travel around 25 miles to get there. Caesarea Philippi was considered a Gentile city and scholars state there were a dozen or more ancient temples in the area once used for worship of the god Baal. And a cavern nearby was said to be the birthplace of the Greek god of nature, Pan. Also, there was a huge marble temple built by Herod the Great to honor Caesar. And so the symbolism here is that Jesus and his followers are surrounded with evidence, tangible evidence, that for a long time, humanity was making lots of guesses about who God really is, trying to pin down the identity of God. This conversation takes place among all these other temples. This is where Jesus asks, Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? He asks this in the midst of monuments to false gods. In today's gospel, also, Jesus states, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, that's historically one of the Bible's most contested verses. From around the fourth century, the Roman Catholic Church has interpreted the verse as the basis for the primacy of the Bishop of Rome. But given Peter's sketchy track record, one could strongly argue that this designation of the rock was not in response to any strengths or accomplishments, and later even loyalty of Peter, but to his testimony alone, his testimony given in his answer, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so another take on this is that it's Peter's faith in Jesus Christ that is the foundation of the church. And that's what Jesus is referring to as this rock. The rock is not Peter himself, but his testimony, his answer when Jesus asks him, who do you say I am? But whatever you may think about specific theories of apostolic succession, and maybe you're not thinking about it at all, the text does provide an image of the continuity of God's people over time. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? But who do you say that I am? You wouldn't think that Jesus would be so concerned with what people thought of him, but it seems otherwise. Identity crisis, Jesus? Was Jesus trying to figure out exactly who he was? Or was it just simply a how am I doing moment just checking for fake news, just trying to get a feel for how things are going. Who do they say I am? Who do you say I am? Reflecting on this, I was compelled to turn it on myself. Because sometimes I wonder, maybe you do too, how do people see me? And if I had the nerve to actually ask someone, I wonder if I would be okay with their answer. I wonder if it would be how I want to be seen, how I see myself. We often hear advice that we shouldn't worry about what other people think. It's good advice. But that caution addresses holding back on doing or saying things that are true to us, that resonate with us, holding back because we want to be liked and accepted, because we're too concerned with what people think. But this wondering how others see us that I'm talking about now is more than just hoping we're liked and accepted. It's a good gut check to look at our identity through the eyes of others. I was recently unfriended by someone on Facebook. I didn't even notice right away. But then I looked into it, and sure enough, unfriended. I felt a bit hurt, to tell you the truth. But then I thought about it. And I realized that even though I felt badly, and it's not nice to be unfriended, I realized how she saw me, who she thought I was. And we greatly differed in our, let's call it, world outlooks. I'm sure that's why she unfriended me. And when I gave it some thought, I was really very okay with it. It was actually a good thing. She saw me exactly as I hoped others did, but it just didn't sit well with her and her beliefs and her opinions. She didn't like what she saw in me. But by acting on it and unfriending me, she actually validated me. But sometimes we get a glimpse of how others may see us and it doesn't match what and who we think we are. The world around us can be just so overwhelming, especially right now. And we don't even know sometimes how to act or react. We can get immobilized and lose our sense of self. For me right now, I either feel like I'm running on a treadmill at high speed or that I can barely complete a task. There doesn't seem to be anything in the middle. And I often feel I'm losing the sense of who I am, at least who I was before the pandemic. Can you relate? The climate in our country presently creates a very ripe time for these questions and feelings to emerge. This kind of doubt doesn't happen when things are going well, when life is on the right track. It more typically arises in the midst of disconnect, despair, ungodliness. And we're indeed in the midst of disconnect, despair, and ungodliness. Just as Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say I am, surrounded by monuments to false gods? We, too, are in our own Caesarea Philippi, surrounded by ungodliness. And the question from Jesus, who do you say I am, is best asked and answered here. As Christians, whether we sense it or not, we're constantly being asked the very same thing by Jesus. Who do you say that I am? What's your testimony? What's your experience? Of the living God. And we can't just answer it and be done with it, because once we truly answer this and commit to that answer, we have no choice to then ask ourselves a follow-up question. If this is who I believe Jesus is, then who am I? It's our call to discipleship, whatever that looks like for each of us whatever our gifts are to give. Because when we answer Jesus's question, who do you say that I am? And we identify who Jesus is to us. The answer has weight, responsibility, even consequence and begs and informs the follow-up question. Then who am I? Simply stating who Jesus is to us without the follow-up question is asking it in a vacuum. The question begs the follow-up. It demands an introspective and proactive response. If this is what I believe, then who do I need to be? The church, the Jesus movement, is built on the rock of Peter's faith, on the recognition of who Jesus is and the continual examination of, then who does that make me? Best asked when surrounded by ungodliness, because that's exactly when and where we need to remind ourselves. Who do I say that Jesus is? Then who do I need to be? Who do you say that Jesus is? then who do you need to be? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.